We here at In The Money Media are proud to be partnered with Santa Anita for their 2023 classic meet. Santa Anita's pick five pools have averaged over 1 million thus far during the classic meet. Don't miss out on racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with a first post of 12 PT every Saturday and Sunday. We'll feature five races from Santa Anita Park and Gulfstream Park for the Coast to Coast Pick 5 with its $1 minimum and player-friendly 15% takeout. Additionally, every weekend host the $18,000 Santa Anita Pick'em Contest, an online contest mixing popular sports props, including horse racing and football, offered every Saturday and Sunday. $500 in prize money to the top winner every day. And finally, you can also get involved in the $7,500 Showviver Contest, playing Santa Anita's free online game, Select one horse a day to compete for prize money across six different categories. There's also a fantastic tournament schedule as well for live bankroll players. You can play in all these games, some of them even for free, at santaanita.com slash contests. Also, this Saturday, January 7th, the Rainbow Pick 6 jackpot must pay out. The total pool is estimated to approach $3 million. The racing will feature a showcase of California-bred thoroughbreds with five stakes highlighted by the Cal Cup Derby. And we'll have a special show covering the sequence with me, JK, and Jeff Chapman. You can look for that on YouTube or in your podcast feed. Welcome. This is the In The Money Players podcast, one of our coast-to-coast special shows. For the first time in a very long time, we're not covering any Saturday racing. We're going straight to Sunday, Sunday, January 15th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again, and uh, joined by the man who hails from the planet Texas, but is currently, I'm going to guess, freezing his ass off in upstate New York. He's Jonathan Kinchin. What's up, JK? I mean, it's cold, but it's not like, it's not that bad. You know, I learned living in Texas that how to handle extreme weather. In the summer, when it's really hot in Texas, you stay inside. (laughs) And in upstate New York, in the winter, when it's cold, you stay inside. (laughs) And there's really, and and it's just really no, there's nothing, there's nothing uh, that, uh, that, that you can't figure out if you just use a little common sense. So it's not that bad. It's, it's. You know, it hasn't fact, been cold up there, really, because we haven't seen, and I know that because we haven't seen any door camera videos of you uh, slipping and falling trying to get a package. That was what that was, I thought was the social media highlight of last year. Yeah, that's definitely Jovanina's probably most liked tweet when she put that video out of me falling going to get the package. But you know, <laughs> I guess chivalry is dead. I was trying to take care of a housely duty, and and then it just turns into me getting made fun of. So. <laughs> You're no stranger, no stranger to being in that role. So it's a weird weekend, right? We don't have a, a, a ton going on on Saturday. I'm actually going to be on Sky, and we'll be looking at Gulfstream. We'll be looking at New York. But in terms of stuff that we are bringing to the audience this weekend, it's all about the Coast to Coast bet. Obviously, Saturday canceled out in uh, because of the cancellation out at Santa Anita. Some of those races from Saturday were brought back for Sunday. The Sunday card looks rock solid. And I think the weather's going to come into hand and not cause too much trouble. They're both dirt races from Santa Anita anyway. Next weekend, we'll get back, you know, hitting the ground running with the two coast-to-coast shows, and we'll have a bunch more stuff going on. What about you? What's your work schedule this weekend? 
Um, well, we, we recorded this on Friday, so I, I'm on this afternoon. Um, I'm on, on tomorrow as well, Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah. uh, well, I think tomorrow specifically we have, we have Tampa, Oaklawn and Aqueduct, but, uh, a couple of stakes from Tampa, but exciting, uh, that, that, uh, passed the champagne, uh, Jake Ballas, black type thoroughbreds, uh, their horses, she's making her comeback. The one that was, was beaten in nose by Malathot in the Ashland, uh, in the grade one, that Kentucky Oaks year. So um, she's back tomorrow in a, in a stake. So we'll, we'll be, we'll be showing that on the show. That's my kind of racing highlight, hoping she comes back and turns into what I think we all thought she was going to be at some point. What's happened to her since? Has she not been on the racetrack? No, she came. She no, didn't she, have she yeah, she had a, she had a break and then she came back and, and won. And, you know, it was kind of a slower, weird figure day. So the figure wasn't like overly impressive. And then she just had some time, you know, she's, she's had some issues. And so, um, but she's, she's training well now. And they had a choice of running her uh, seven, I think Pegasus weekend. And they decided to to run her two turns uh, up at Tampa now with probably what they thought would be a little bit of an easier group to kind of get her back going again. So, you know, I, she feels like one of those horses that like, we've seen it in the past. We've seen it with other types was like, they, they, they showed a bunch of talent and, and, and then they kind of just ran into some issues. And then, you know, you, you always hope that they show back up, turn into what you thought they would turn into. And then they end up being kind of the leaders of the, of the division. And it's not entirely impossible that, that she could be that type. She shows up on Saturday at Tampa. She runs a 97 buyer or something. Next thing you know, she's showing up in a grade one, whether it be, a, you know, targeting something like the apple blossom at Oaklawn or she's running on Derby day and, or, uh, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, I forget the name of the, not the La Troyan, that's the fall one, but the, uh, I'm not gonna remember now. <laughs> Anyways. No, that's the seven for a long. Yes, that's a great one too. But the other two turn race doesn't matter. Um, so hopefully she can, you know, she comes back and, and runs to what we always thought she was going to be, especially after, you know, being so close to Malathot, who is likely going to be crowned a champion at that. Uh, I was about to go, yeah. but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, please, please behave, behave yourself. Um yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting weekend of racing for sure. But, uh, you know, as far as this show goes, we'll be focusing on the Coast to Coast on Sunday. Pretty soon, I have a feeling we'll get some more plus content for Oaklawn. And who knows? We in a little some introductory discussions to maybe bring our, our friends at Tampa Bay back in the fold. If nothing else, we'll have plus content for those big days. Check out inthemoneypodcast.com slash plus for more information all about that. Yeah, busy weekend for you. I'm excited about the NFL. Uh I, I I just have this feeling, JK, that the the chalk chalk parlay has your name uh your name all over it in this in this first round. I can't recall too many more uh lopsided NFL playoff games than what we're seeing in uh in San Francisco and in Buffalo this weekend. Um yeah, I mean San Francisco feels like they kind of have to win. Um especially, you know, being at home and, and it's, and it's one of those deals as well, where it's a division opponent. So you've, they've already seen them twice. So yes, weird things happen in, in, you know, in the NFL and there's, there is a lot of parody, but when a team is clearly better than another team and they have played each other twice already, and then the better team is at home, it's really hard to get that third win. It's because the 49ers have already seen everything the Seahawks can do to attack them. 
they've seen what their answers are to some of the, the 49ers ideas, their, their, their schemes, uh, some of the run run designs that they have, you know, they're so dynamic in the run game. Um, the 49ers are, they've already kind of run into, to, to the Seahawks answers to that. And, and now they, they kind of know they have a direction moving forward. That third game is kind of tough. And like you, and you know, the bills, the same situation with the dolphins, you know, facing that devote the division opponent. And then the, the, the dolphins are just, trash anyways right i mean and and i they, they they you know they just have been bad all year they've excelled in a couple of spots but they're just really bad in lots of categories that are important in football and you know the other thing about the dolphins is they don't have Tua and it's just the bills are at home it's cold as hell i i just you know those those two games feel like they're foregone conclusions and then i would i would even probably throw the bingles in there as well um you know, the Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson. And if I was Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't play either. Uh, they're not renewing his contract. He's got a PCL, straight PCL. So what, he's going to go out there and get hurt again. And then who's going to pay him next year, right? I I, I, I would I would be I, – I am 100% I would fake the injury and not play. <laughs> it's, bus- it's business. I don't think he's faking it, but I surely wouldn't go out there and, and, and die on my sword f- – for an organization that's not giving me a long-term commitment when I could, could, I could create long-term damage to my body that will affect me moving forward. So um, I think the Bengals will probably get after them too. And uh, like you said, I I do think those three teams will be hard to beat. I think at one to five, that parlay with the two games I mentioned, it would, would you could maybe even argue represents value. And I think you could probably do a little bit better than that. Three to 10, I think would probably be the, the parlay price from the numbers I was seeing. And I, I have no problem getting stuck into that and just, you know, enjoying being a, a chalk eating weasel for the weekend, not for the first time. But whatever happens in the football, I know I'm going to be swinging at the Coast to Coast bet on Sunday. This will be going on in the background with the games on. And it kicks off at Gulfstream Park, 337 Eastern, which I think is a I think that's good. I think starting these 330 and later is going to be a good Good way forward for the bet. Make sure that folks have a chance to digest all those scratches coming out of the West Coast. You know, it started early last Sunday. I think this is, is going to help the handle. We kick off with an allowance turf sprint at Gulfstream Park. Here, JK, how did you want to get this thing kicked off? Well, the first thing I want to say, just real quick, though, about that, is that I was very impressed with the handle on, on Saturday. Um, I think it, it, it cleared 400. Um, I think it was in the higher 400s. And if you think back to what the Stronic Five was, I I don't feel like non carryover days the Stronic Five really got that high. I, I remember it always kind of floating around the 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 hundreds, sometimes the two hundreds, depending on what was going on. And and it, this is just evidence that that Saturday racing with you know those 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 two tracks that are, are more familiar with people, um, it, it does make a difference, you know. And, and imagine what it's going to do on a day. Where there's a when there's a triple crown prep in the mix, right? When it's a Holy Bull Day or or Pegasus Day or you know or Fountain of Youth Day, I, you know I, I just keep supporting the wager and, and like I like we talked about last time, you know we want to we want to reward um, innovation, although it might there might be some things that that you might still like to see. You don't want to discourage the notion. Um, and on that note, I, I'm going to start off with a single in race eight. I, I thought glitter up. And I don't have numbers, but I think I don't believe there's an entry in here, so I'm pretty sure Glitter Up is the six. Yes. Um, this is a, a situation where 
Um, the last race was taken off the turf, so they ran on the synthetic. The race before that was on the dirt that was off the turf up at Aqueduct. Look at the two races at Aqueduct that were that Belmont Aqueduct meet that were run at six furlongs on the turf. The maiden race was broke wire to wire with a nice speed figure, a speed figure that puts this horse right in the mix with everyone else, if not better, probably the best figure. And then you come right back on a yielding turf course, running pace figures that are fast, and the horse gets tired going six. So you're on a yielding turf course going six with fast pace figures early, and the speed figure that you final figure that was earned was still pretty darn good. Two horses have come out and won that race from that race. Two horses have come out and run second out of that race. I think this horse is going to be extremely tough cutting back with speed, will finish. Um, This is the only horse I need, no backups. Wow, that's bold. I mean, I certainly have glitter up in the mix based on the case that you made, figures and form, getting back to the grass. Most recent grass runs against much better. I'm expecting a perfect stock and pounce trip, but I was thinking that the four fulminate had a chance to wire this field potentially. This horse has done so well going the the flat five at Gulfstream has a little bit faster pace figures than glitter up does. And I felt like that last race at Del Mar was also very good leading all the way um, through that closer favoring flow. What, what do you think in terms of uh, what happens to fulminate? Is this the kind of thing where you see just glitter up sitting off the heels? Do you think glitter up will, will try to clear what, how do you see the pace shaking out between those two in the front end? Yeah. I mean, fulminate doesn't have like blazing fast figures, right? Um, and, and the fact that this horse who was, you know, has was, was showed up in stakes races and has been competitive in allowance company goes out to Peter Miller and, and then, you know, doesn't run particularly well for, for the king of turf sprints at Del Mar in August, um, then shows up on the dirt in September, runs poorly, then shows up for a tag at Santa Anita, no one takes, then shows up for a tag for 25 and no one takes, and the horse wins with a slow figure, and it's odds on. Then transfers back out to Mark Cassie with one published work at a private, you know, facility. I, sure, I mean, I, and you get Joel Rosario, so the horse is going to be bet. The horse can win, but I think from a value standpoint, you know, this is one of those situations where you can lock the race up with those two horses, but you could pick up value if you only pick one. And yeah. I was going to mess around. Just, with a couple of maybe backups in here, the five fire and spice I thought was a little bit interesting running well off that long break. Just looked like a horse that was supposed to move forward has no turf form, but the lone sibling to try turf ran. Okay. I thought it was a horse that I wanted to try to get on some tickets. And then from the, from the same race, um, the number one Traves, I thought that that horse had an excuse off the layoff banged at the start, lit up, still ran the usual figure, maybe more improvement to come. I don't know. I just didn't, you're probably right that you can lock up four and six. Those are my two A's, but I was going to, you know, at the B or maybe C level, try to sneak in the one and the five. Sounds like you're just going to go to war with the six and hope for the best. Yeah. I just, I don't, I mean, you got to be a monster for me to use a closer going five furlongs turf sprinting at Gulfstream. And, yeah, and, fair. and, and, and it's not that Traves is a, is a, is an ice cold closer, but she does come from out of it and, and fire and spice. Who's never been on the turf who, you know, got a closing trip on synthetic, which I think is a completely different animal 
Um, so th- I mean, yeah, can they win if it falls apart? Absolutely. I just I need monsters if they're going to be closers going five at Coldstream. I think that's a I think that's a fair point. Uh, most of my money will be running through the four and the six. JK taking more of a stand with the six. The next race we talk about is the next race at Gulfstream. We've got an allowance for Florida breads going a mile on the dirt this time around, and a field of eight going postward. I thought that the eight. Floki's flight stood out, comes out the best by some way on numbers. And I thought the last race was better than it looked. Uh, spent plenty of time down inside on a day when I didn't think the rail appeared to be any kind of advantage. And I think this horse is probably just better going a little bit farther anyway. Speed plays better going longer than, than shorter for Floki's flight. So uh, this was my lone A in this spot. I did consider the idea of using Tiger as a horse to keep on side, second off the layoff here, and it was a long layoff, solid overall form and figures. I'd like to see rating tactics from this one. Maybe they learned something last time trying to rate this horse off that duel. I don't think we'll have any success trying to go toe-to-toe with Floki's flight, but I thought could just maybe trip out. And if they went too fast, maybe at the sea level, I thought that both uh, the five doo-wop, uh, oh no, that's Cozy My Boy, and the seven Hercules had a chance. They don't look fast enough to me, but this is a race where I feel like the speed could come back. Might include them at the sea level in the spot. But in the main, more than 50% of my ticket's going to run through the eight. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, 100% of my tickets are going to run through the eight. Uh, I'm going to start off the sequence with, the, with this with, with double singles. Um, Floki's Flight to me, it just feels like a lock. You you look at what happened last time going six furlong. I think that's just not the right disc. I don't think this horse wants to go six furlongs. And he, you know, ran well enough that day. And then Dale Roman's wheels back in eight days. That's a sign of confidence for me. If you yeah. look at it, it, if you look at Floki's flight, Floki's flights last two races prior to the six furlong race, say the November 27th, and November 9th on time form us horse ran a one Oh five and a one thirteen. If you look at the other uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven horses in this race, not one of them in their entire lives have run a 105, let alone a 113. This horse is just better than them, and he's perfectly drawn towards the outside for a horse that is better than the field with tactical speed. It, it, something really wrong has to go something has to go really wrong for him not to work out a nice trip. And if I think he's the best horse and I think he's going to get a nice trip, He's the type of horse you have to single and move on. If I spread in here, I'm using four or five others to try to catch a price. I just think he's going to be getting his picture taken. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And again, most of the tickets will run through there, but I'd like to throw out those other ideas also for vertical players. You know, as much as we encourage people to support this bet and take a shot in the coast to coast bet week to week, there's also the idea of uh, if you find a race you really like, really attacking that. And I think those closers, especially for the third and and fourth spots, are ones that I would definitely want on my tickets. Mostly it's all about Floki's flight there. Let's head out west to Santa Anita. 4.30 Eastern is this allowance race going a mile and a 16th on the dirt. Kind of a muddy pace scenario here, though I have an angle um, that maybe Bold Endeavor is going to be able to seize things, uh, seize control from the outset. First off, the claim for Peter Miller, a trainer known for injecting speed into new claims. But JK, we'll keep it with you for your overview. Well, you know, you said head out west, and it made me think of something that is I never thought I would say in my life. Uh, this coming March, uh, the first week of March, will be my three-year anniversary of not have been have not 
having having not been to Santa Anita. Shocking. March of, of 2020, right before COVID, I went for Fox and we did a show there and then the world shut down and I have not been to Santa Anita since March of 2020. And I, and I just thought about that. And that is shocking to me because right. it's, you know, you used to I live mean, there. <laughs> yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Keeneland, Saratoga are, you know, they have this special place in my heart for different reasons as my quote unquote favorite racetracks. Saratoga obviously being the one that if I had to pick now, I'd say is my favorite, but Santa Anita is like my, it's my home track. Although Lone Star Park was my home track. Santa Anita is my home track, like where I, and it's, it's just, it's shocking to me that I haven't been there in that long. So I'm going to have to figure that out at some point. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I, I, I had this, this, I was trying my darndest to get out there for that same weekend for that big cap weekend. And we've got a conflict here. Susan has some, Susan has traveled to to England for work and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, which would be, you know, I was there last year for the, uh, we did the Eclipse Awards out there, but so I have been there more recently than you, but like, this is a place we used to go three times a year and, and yeah, we've got a, I don't know, maybe Santa Anita Derby. What do you, what do you think? When can we get back out there? I mean, just to clarify, I'm not sure I didn't go three times a month sometimes, but um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I used to go all the time. Um, yeah, maybe, I, you know, with, 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 with the, this is a tough travel, uh, couple of quarters for me with, with <laughs> pending, pending nuptials, but, um, uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and then I, you yes, I'd love to be outside the show and see, I'd if love we, to, if we can figure, figure that out. out. It, it would be, um, be back there. but who's going to win this third race on Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to spread. I mean, obviously my, my first two opinions allow me to be a little bit more, um, spready here. I, I'm going to use one, two, three, and five. Um, you know, quickly hero status has a couple of big races. Uh, and, and I think if that horse can kind of find those drawn towards the inside, maybe an aggressive ride for Mike, I, I wouldn't have a problem accepting the fact this horse could wire, um, holding the loot. Another one for Mark Glatt, who's got some big numbers, some fast numbers in the past. So you just don't want to leave a horse like that off in a situation where they, they all kind of feel and look the same bold endeavor should take another step forward. Another, uh, candidate to wire, you know, we'll see. I, I don't see Mike Smith and Ramon Vasquez just getting into a, to a, to a dead sin duel here. I think one of them will find the lead. And I think whoever finds the lead will be in an advantageous position. And then, um, the, let's see, one, two, three, no, four, the five American Admiral. Uh, another one who's who's just got some numbers that in a race where I'm going to be spreading, I'm going to use. So no strong opinion here, as you can tell. I'm just going to use the four horses that I think can lock this race up and try to move on and and, and hope that my two singles early are, are where the value will be picked up early in the sequence. Are you sure you don't want to throw in one more so you can do your favorite move all but one? I I don't need the synthetic horse to the outside. Um, who's who's you know last win on record was wiring. I don't think a horse that wires on synthetic with slow fractions is ever in a great position to then win a dirt race where there's other pace pressure. You know, it just, that, that seems tough. And then uh, the red flag just feels like a turf horse uh, with, yeah. with the dirt performances being underwhelming. I mean, I know, I do know that, you know, won that Bob hope by open lengths, but then immediately gets back on the grass and stays on the grass. You know, I think maybe that was a little bit of a fluke back then. 
I wasn't being serious there. I just wanted to take the opportunity to make fun of your repeated flaunting of the Rula rule. And if folks don't know what that is, you got to check out Mike Maloney's uh, betting with an edge. I was going to get more narrow in here, which only makes sense since I was spreadier early. And I did think there was a case to be made that bold endeavor just needs to repeat that that effort from two weeks ago to be a likely candidate to prove best of speed and go on. But it doesn't have any huge figure advantage, but I did think could have a pace advantage just because I felt like, you know, with that jock, maybe a chance to be a little bit more aggressive than the other, uh, the others in here who have speed. But I did also want to include hold in the loot. I thought that last race was really good. Looked to be against the profile of the track, I thought. And, uh, you know, once again, might be against the flow of things here. But the last three races put the horse right there. And if the three does have early uh, company, which could happen, certainly, then I thought the two holding the loot might hold all the cards in Santa Anita's third race. We head back to Gulfstream Park for their 10th race, $20,000 claimer on the grass uh, going a mile and a 16th. I thought that Gooch Gobra looked like the obvious one. I'm expecting a good trip from mid-pack for this third start off the layoff. Um, the last I also thought was maybe a little bit better than it looked. Made that menacing wide move in a race that was run from farther back off the pace. And it certainly doesn't hurt my assessment of that form that the one and three finishers from there have come back to win since. I was going to try to make a little bit of a goofy case to include the nine quantum theory as well. And that's just based off that one old race. Uh, over this turf course where the horse was able to get loose, nearly won and ran a much better figure than any other time. Now this horse is third time off the layoff, super dark form, Jose Ortiz. I might run a backup line through this horse just because there's not a ton of speed signed on. Mostly the eight and a little the nine for me in Gulfstream's 10th. What numbers will be on your tickets? Yeah, there's another situation where I, you know, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion. I'm going to use, a few here and, 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 uh, and, and try to get through, I'm going to use impulsiveness, um, just because of some of the back numbers for Todd. I, I don't expect him to run as well, uh, for the new connections, but I, I do think that, you know, there, there is at least some foundation uh, of being in the Todd Pletcher barn when it comes to, to overall fitness and, 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 and health and, and, and understanding of, of the job at hand. So I do think that sometimes, even though they switch hands to to, to what most would think are less capable trainers, um, you know, we are talking about a Hall of Famer here. I don't feel bad. I, I think that impulsiveness is one you want to consider. Board certified. Um, has some back numbers on the turf, but I thought the, the race last time on the synthetic was pretty good. It, the race did kind of fall apart, which which is a negative to not, you know, get too excited about. But in a race where I'm spreading, I have to use uh, – board certified and then Gooch Cobra, the same thing that you said, and uh, you know, the, the, probably the most likely winner, um, the horse that if I was forced to, to kind of press or single here would be the one I would lean on. And then I was going to use on the rail dream of a day as a B horse. Um, I didn't really like the last race, obviously, but th there was some back ones, uh, you know, the race two back made a little bit of sense, ran okay with a speed figure, but then back in, uh, in Saratoga, uh, this horse had a couple of nice races as well. So, uh, I'll use that one as a B horse, uh, just don't necessarily trust, but I will, it looks to be tailing off, but I'll, I'll use as a B horse. Eight, five, six on the top line, one on the B line for JK eight and nine for me with much preference for the eight. We got one more race to talk about and it's back out West in the shadow of the San Gabriel mountains, Santa Anita's fifth race, five thirty Eastern $20,000 claimers and JK. We return it to you for the key question. When it comes to this coast-to-coast -coast pick five on Sunday, how are we going to get paid? 
Yeah, I, I only need two um, out there um, in the fifth at Santa Anita. Uh, the first one I'll use is, is Joker Boy, um, who I'm, I'm assuming is the five horse. Yes. Uh, early pace figures last time. Has some back numbers. The, the figure last time was a little bit slow. Um, but if you look at the previous races, it, it feels like maybe that's a little bit of an outlier. And the other thing that you can keep in mind when, when trying to understand why that number you know, might've been slower. If it was slow was a couple of horses came back and ran well out of that. Uh, you know, Big a thing. third, yeah. You know, a third place performance and a second place performance out of that race. So, you know, I, I trust that maybe there was that that race wasn't as bad as the figure might've suggested it is. And I think that this horse will kind of run back to some of those previous numbers. And then the outside horse, um, I don't, how do you, what do you, what are we doing here? Sausage. Sawasti is what I was going to say. Sawasti. Yeah. Sawasti it is, PTF. Uh, (laughs) Towards the outside, um, another one who, you know, didn't have a particularly fast number last time, but did kind of end up on the inside at Losau. And if you've listened to these shows and you've listened to us talk about Losau the times we do, historically being on the inside is not where you want to be. So if you consider the fact this horse was down the inside and then didn't run particularly well or as fast as usual, the previous two races did run faster and, and and did run better numbers and does definitely kind of fit in here. So those are the only two I'll use the five Joker boy and six, seven, eight, nine, whatever that word is that you said. <laughs> We're reading from the same playbook, reading each other's email here. The nine Sawazdi over his head last time, first off the claim. And I agree ran pretty well when you consider dueling inside at low South through fast fractions Dropping in grade, and I love the way how the script is flipped in terms of post position. Now outside, Gonzalez has options. This horse might have enough gas just to clear from out there, but it, th- this horse is a bit of a standout for me. But I did also want the five Joker boy taking this drop and could get a really good trip. Has some punch in the lane and should be positioned ahead of the deeper closers. Nine and five for me, five and nine for JK. And that does it. That gives us uh, your, that's our thoughts on this coast to coast. Pick five, feel free. We're going to, I'll send out a ticket that I'm going to play. Um, folks can get that free 10 if you opt in at first bet or express bet. I mean, there's really no reason not to play this bet, at least for 10 bucks. Take a little shot and uh, and have some fun. It doesn't cost you anything. And we'd love to hear you respond to that tweet. Let us know your tickets. We'd love to get some conversation going about this bet that has quickly become one of our favorites. JK, any closing thoughts before we let you get out of here? That's it. I got, I got to get back to Santa Anita. That's my thought. That's all I can think about now is getting right, back into that Eddie Logan and and uh, getting Arcadia to go find me some ice cream. I got to get back in there. I love it. Let's try that. That's going to do it for us. We will thank our founding partners on the network, 10 strike racing and the thoroughbred retirement foundation. Of course, we'll thank the sponsors of this show, specifically first bet and express bet love working with them. Most of all, want to thank all of you, the listeners for making these shows so much fun to do special shout out to Peter Rotundo. It's been such a joy to work with over the years and has really uh, been an influence behind this bet that we're such big fans of. This show has been a production of In the Money Media. Our business manager is Breeders' Cup betting challenge champion, Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinch and that guy right there. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos. <laughs> <laughs>